So now the borders are open, what about the red light? What about the mandates and vax passes and all the other stuff that makes a holiday restrictive? What's the thinking here? Director General of Health, Ashley Bloomfield, back with us. Good morning. Good morning. Does David Seymour have a point? I'm not, not, not sure how much of this is under your purview, but Seymour makes the point yesterday about the tourists and the borders. So a tourist arrives with their negative rat test and they jump in a cab and they go on holiday. Meantime, you are a household contact. You've got a negative rat test too, but you're still isolating for seven days. Doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, I can understand why he's making the point, but uh, the thing is that we know our household contacts are the ones who are by far at the highest risk of becoming cases. And in fact, we saw that yesterday with uh, Minister Hipkins, who seven mm. days into being a household contact did yeah. then return a positive Yeah, but I've left my that, house in Melbourne, why. right? I've left my house in Melbourne. Uh, my sister, brother, whatever in the house is positive, but I'm still testing negative. I land, I'm negative, I'm on holiday, but the person here is still isolating. That's the part that doesn't make sense. Well, I'd have to assume that in Australia they've also got, and I know they do, certainly in some jurisdictions, have uh, rules around uh, household contacts still isolating because they've got the same idea. They don't want uh, the, the virus to get out into the community and it's household contacts who are the, the high, at the highest risk. And they're the only ones we now still require to isolate the members. See, what specifically are we looking for? Because my point of this is we can't have tourism if we're going to have too many rules and restrictions because so much of the world doesn't now. When are we moving on the red light? What do you need to see? Yeah, well, that's a good question, and we're reviewing the, the, the traffic light settings every two weeks, and we just did a reassessment this week. Our, our, uh, the advice I got from my public health team was to retain them for the time being. We're still you know, right in the middle of a, a big outbreak. You'll see that, you know, around 20,000 cases a day. But that is something that uh, we will be reviewing again in a couple of weeks. And, yeah, I know that uh, certainly once the, the borders reopen, um, we will want to make sure that people can travel around and do things as freely as possible while keeping um, you know, people as protected as possible. So this is something we'll be, we'll be uh, providing further advice to the government on over the next week or two. See, and this is what I've never got an answer to. What specifically do your team, you or whoever it is, look for? Is it So 20,000-ish cases a day, too high. Fair enough. What's the number? Is it 10? Is it 8? Is it 13? Is it 6? What is it? What do we, oh, see? Look, what do we yeah. need to see? Well, it's, 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 it's two or three things, Mike. The first is the trajectory, and it's, you know, again, it's not the absolute number. You look at Auckland, uh, it's clearly on the way down, much lower number that they're having each day uh, than they were, say, a week or two ago, so that's important, the, the trajectory. Second is, what's the positivity rate of our tests? At the moment, you know, and it's great, about just under 50% of our rat tests that people are reporting are positive. We'd like to see that going down, so hence we're encouraging people just to keep reporting both positive and negative RAT tests. But also our hospitalisations. You know, we've got uh, nearly a thousand people in hospitals around the country, which shows there's a you know there's a, a lot of this out there because we know also less than one percent of our cases end up in hospital. Correct. That so was my was next point. Idea. My next yeah. point is: Are you really under stress? I mean, you've got about two hundred thousand live cases. You've got about a thousand people in the hospital. That's not less than one percent. It's about half a percent. Next to no one goes to hospital. You can't be under stress with that. Uh, we'll go and chat to some of the folk who are working in the hospitals and you'll get an idea of what uh, it looks like when a health system's under stress, Mike. Remember, these are nearly a 1,000 people in hospital who pre-COVID would not have been in hospital and, and staff are at home uh, because they're cases or they're household contacts or they're looking after family members. So there is a, a lot of stress on the system. OK, so when you say a 1,000 in hospital, are you saying those 1,000 are uniquely COVID patients? They would not be in hospital if it wasn't for COVID? Well, it's, there is a mix of that. Um, but certainly uh, about two-thirds of them have either are there because of their COVID symptoms or 
because COVID has exacerbated an underlying condition. And the other third are people who it's just incidental, they might have an injury or they sure. may be in there um, uh, for maternity care. or. or There's probably a bigger picture argument there. If you're telling me that you're under serious stress, and I don't doubt for a moment they're busy, of course they are, but if 750-ish people strains a health system, we need to do something about the health system because it's not good enough, clearly, is it? Oh, remember that still about 750 people in hospital who wouldn't otherwise have been. And uh, and again, the key thing is not so much those people are in beds, but it means that there is other care that can't be delivered, like elective surgery and planned care. But also just a reminder, the staffing is the really big challenge. So if you've got 15, 20% of your workforce down, mm. especially nursing workforce, then that creates a lot of pressure on but, those. But that goes there. back to isolation. How many of them down because they got COVID versus how many are down because they're isolating and they're perfectly well? Well, one of the things we have had in place for for quite a while, of course, is that those who are at home because they are just household contacts, but they are not symptomatic, they can go to work with uh, rapid, daily rapid antigen tests. So we're supporting them to do that. Okay. Where are you at fully vaccinated? What's fully vaccinated? And is that going to change anytime soon? Well, at the moment, in terms of the COVID vaccination certificate, it is the two doses yeah. of Pfizer. And, you know, we're, we're up at 95%. Fantastic. But as, as I was saying earlier in the week in the stand-up, it's really clear with Omicron um, to be up-to-date with your vaccinations, to be protected, you need those three doses. Yeah, but that's advice, not an instruction. Are you going to instruct to be fully vaccinated? Do you need a booster or have we given up on that? Yeah, we, we are uh, definitely are looking at um, uh, providing advice around that over the next couple of weeks because that will inform the government's decisions about the future role of COVID vaccination certificates. And of course, this is really important with the border reopening. Yeah. Do we retain them for access to you know, hospitality venues and so on when you've got people from overseas and they've got a different certificate and so on? Precisely. So, you know, very live issues. Because your, your booster problem, you've got major problems. I've watched the numbers this week. You're down at 6.823 yesterday. Uh, it's falling away dramatically each day. People have given up. Yeah, look, it's creeping up. We've got 75% of, of 12 and overs have had a booster. That's great. But we would like to get that right up. You know, there's no doubt getting up over 90% gives us that population immunity on top of the individual protection. So we're going to keep chipping away at it and you know, keep encouraging people to get that third shot. A fourth booster for over 65s or a fourth jab for over 65s? Yeah, I've asked our uh, scientific team to have a look at that and I'm expecting advice and a discussion on that next week and we'll go through to the government on that. I think there's, there's some good, uh, you know, good evidence that this is the group you want to protect. And given their immunity does wane uh, more quickly than other age groups, um, we'll look at the opportunity of doing that perhaps alongside flu vaccination ahead of winter. All right, appreciate your time, Ashley Bloomfield, Director General of Health. Just uh, just a small correction, by the way, when he when he said seventy-five um, percent of twelve plus, that's not true. It's sixty percent of the twelve plus. It's seventy-two point eight percent of the current eligible population. Interesting stat, just quickly out of Britain too. Omicron death rates are fourteen times lower after a booster. 14 times lower after a booster.